Take your Bible, go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Thank you, Robert. John and I were talking a few weeks ago. He was going to be away today. I said, why don't we get a little bit of Robert Lloyd in here to sing? I said, somebody cried 11 o'clock, never heard him before. And some of you didn't know who he was, but uh, Robert's been here a long, long, long time. Smooth as butter, I guarantee you. Amen. Thank you, Robert. Great job today. Love you, dear friend. Uh, even in his retirement years, he's still singing unto the king. Well, we're praying toward July 4th, 4th of July. On a Sunday morning, we're going to turn our two services into prayer gatherings, and we will pray for revival, awakening uh, in America. I'll preach a little. We'll pray a lot. And then we're going to take the Lord's Supper at the end of each of the two morning services on July 4. So you plan to be here, and in preparation for that, for these several weeks, I've been preaching about prayer. And so last week we looked at one of Paul's prayers. Today we're looking at Paul's prayer for the church part two. Next week we'll look at Paul's prayer for the church part three uh, as we turn to the book of Colossians. But today we find his prayer for the church in Philippians 1 to the church at Philippi, verses 9, 10, and 11. The Word of God records, and Paul said, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more and more and more and more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul is praying for the church at Philippi uh, that they might have love and that it might abound more and more, that it might overflow, the inflow overflowing till there's an outflow uh, of this more and more abounding. It's, it's like a bucket. You, you take a bucket. Many of us have done it. You're getting ready to wash the car. Or, uh, you're going to pour it on some things. And you, and you put a bucket under the spigot, and you turn it on, and you begin to do other things. And you come back, and it's full, but it's just running over. Is it The inflow comes, but it just runs up. That's this text. It's the Spirit of God flowing flowing into our bucket, into our soul, and it just abounds more and more, and it just overflows. It comes in us and out us and all over us and the water. And Paul is praying that your love, that's what he's praying for, is that love would abound and would be in you and flowing through you so that it would come this love in real knowledge and all discernment. The word knowledge is the word gnosis in the Greek New Testament, but here he puts a word in front of it to say epignosis, uh, real knowledge, as if there could be some fake knowledge running around. Hmm. A lot of y'all got fake knowledge you're looking at right now. Instead of listening to me preach, you're looking at your phone. And you're reading somebody's tweet or text or Facebooking or whatever you're doing, and you're sitting here. I have tried in Jesus' name to get something that would block all internet service in this house. And they tell me it's illegal for me to do it. And I say, well, I'm the pastor. I ought to be able to if I want. They said, no, you can't do that. I said, well, I can still want to, can't I? They said, you want to, but you can't do it. You see, when you get all of your knowledge from social media, you don't have real knowledge. Uh -uh. 
And he's saying, I'm praying that the love of God would flow in you. In re Here's real knowledge right here. You need to be in his book day by day. This is real knowledge and then all discernment. Look, look at it right there in verse number 9, that you would discern. Hebrews says it this way in Hebrews 5 and verse 14. Solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern. There's our word, good and evil. And there's enough good and evil all around us that we must discern. But we only discern as the love of God is flowing in us, the power of God, the Spirit of God is in us and then overflowing through us that we are filled with His Spirit and filled with real knowledge of the Holy God of heaven and the Bible, and then our senses are trained that we can discern good and evil. You see, God leads His children in every step, at every fork of every road, when it is set before you, this or this, this or this, this way or that way, right or left, up or down. And God helps us, as, as Isaiah said, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Discerning. And the Spirit, of, the Spirit of God speaks. Does the Holy Ghost talk to you? Amen. Always in lockstep with Scripture, never contrary, but His Spirit speaks. I, I had a few days ago, I, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, you need to write this kid a letter, write this person a letter, this college kid a letter. And I said, well, what? I don't, why would I do that? I don't. And about three or four days later, I got knowledge of an issue. And I said, oh, Lord, that's what you mean. He said, yeah, stupid. If you'd have wrote the letter, he'd already be in the mail. He'd have it by now. All right? just, just trust me on it. But sometimes you, you just, well, for you must learn to have your senses trained by the Word of God so that when you hear His voice, you can go then exactly where God tells you because timing is a lot of it. With God's time and through his testing comes the truth of what you ought to be choosing to do. So discernment. This, Paul's praying for the church at Philippi that they would be able to discern through real knowledge what God would have them do. And with that, I want you to look with me at three applications of the spirit of discernment within your heart and within mine this morning. So let's just jump right in and see them all come right out of this text. Then we'll give a gospel invitation for you to come forward, say yes to Jesus, give a church invitation for you to come join the church. Maybe for you to come for baptism or moving your membership. But, but God calling you to this place. You say, well, how will I know? <laughs> it's what we're talking about this morning. The Spirit of God will tell you now is the time and that is the place. Three things I want you to see. First of all, this love. And remember, love is what he's talking about in this text. Your agape, uh, that, that love would abound more and more and more and more. In love, first of all, we discern the choices we make. The choices we make. Notice it in verse number 10. So that you may approve the things that are excellent. There are so many choices that are set before us. I just want to name six of them right quick and, and just give them to you. Number one is friends. Friends. you got to choose your friends. Choose your friends wisely. Uh, friends that our real friends are closer than a blood brother. That's Proverbs teaches us. It also teaches that a love, friend loves at all times. Even when you're in a mess, they love you. you. You need to learn to choose your friends and choose them carefully. If you've got three or four or five, I mean real friends that'll stick with you thick and thin day and night. Oh, you're a blessed man. But 
choose it. You hang out with the wrong crowd, and I'm telling you, bad company still corrupts good morals. So how do I know where to hang out? The Spirit of God, you'll discern. That's good for me. That's not good for me. Secondly is which college to attend. Our high school kids growing up, they were trying to think about where should I go? Should I go to ABC, XYZ? Where should I go to school? Ask God. He'll show you. So I'm just going to go where I get the best money. Not always. You go where God says. Go to that place. Same thing with taking a job. You need to go where God directs. Thirdly is travel sports. I, I, I just see this everywhere. I was uh, Wednesday. I flew late to Dallas uh, to do the funeral Thursday morning for my dear friend Liz Taylor. Uh, was my secretary while I was pastoring at Orchard Hills Baptist Church. Died of cancer, brain cancer, and died at 79 years old. I did her funeral. I was checking into the hotel late Wednesday night, and a young man uh, came in. There was three boys behind him. They all had a bunch of baseball bats sticking out of their backpacks. They came walking in. I looked at him, and I said, you guys playing ball? He said, Lord, God, that's all we do is play ball. I mean, out loud like that. And I thought to myself, well, you're the dude in charge of this. They didn't sign up their own set. They didn't pay the fee. How often should you be involved in travel sport? You, you need to discern. The Spirit of God will tell you that. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But I'm telling you this, you can wake up about three years later and been to church about six times. And your kids will look around and say, well, I don't even know those people. Just ask God. And discern, in or out, yes or no. Fourthly is Pride Month. We're in the middle of it right now. Everywhere you look, you'll see the rainbow flag. It's, it's everywhere. You have to discern how do I respond to that. I go on American Airlines coming back. I pulled out that magazine. I'm telling you, every third page was about Pride Month. Uh, now, also in October, the homosexual uh, political bloc has History Month. But this is Pride Month. This is the religious side. That becomes the historical side. And how do you respond to that? How, how, in your corporate headquarters, I guarantee it comes at you, where, where you work and how you have to respond. And do you speak about that and the truth that the Bible speaks about homosexuality? Do, do you speak into that? Well, you have to learn. You say, well, there's a time to shut up. There's a time to speak up. Indeed. How do you know? The Spirit of the living God will show you. You, you need to have your bucket being full and running over so you know it's a time to speak and a time to be quiet. There's a time not to be quiet and there's a time to speak up. There's a time to love and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to have conviction. But that month is right here in front of us. And of course, we've seen it for years and years uh, here in Pensacola on the beach and how we respond uh, unto that. Uh, not a hard issue with truth, a hard issue of application. Number five is the following the call of God. Those of you that God's called into ministry, young men, he's called to preach, to be the pastor of a church. Ladies, that he's called to take the gospel into a teaching role, a missionary role around the world. I don't know where, where God called you to go. It's a church planter. But when God calls you, you must hear him and say yes. Say yes. Wherever God calls, I'll go. I can always remember when Liz and I were dealing with that. I said, Lord, we'll go anywhere. We'll do anything. We'll love anybody as long as it's in Dixie South. 
Next thing I knew, we're in Seattle, Washington. My kids were almost raised in Seattle, Washington with fruits and nuts. We got there and God just slammed that door and it was not right. My wife was seven months pregnant when we went up there to look. But we said, Lord, we'll go. It was just a test. We heard the Spirit of God say, no, not there. You, you got to take all the brakes off and just say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Let me tell you, the safest place in all the world is in the will of God. Amen. To discern. What God says, sometimes he says yes, sometimes no. Sometimes go, sometimes stay. Hmm. Number six, the broad road or the narrow road. My lost friends that are in this room today, you've never professed faith in Jesus Christ. There is set before you today a very narrow road. It is the road to salvation through Christ. There is a broad road that looks like fun, but it leads to destruction. When you look at that Greek text, the, the narrow road starts here and it opens into eternal life. The broad road starts here and it narrows into destruction. Oh, I implore you today, I encourage you, the Spirit of God will speak to you and say, trust Him. Trust Him now. And He will call you to come and say, yes, Lord, yes. You need to say with Joshua in chapter 24 and verse 15, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Amen. Whatever God says, we will do it. Uh, the choices that we make, and there are many, many, many others I could talk about, but those are set before me this day. That the love of God be in us. So the choices we make are discerned by the Spirit of God. Number two, in love, not only do we discern the choices we make, we discern the consistency we model. The consistency we model. Look, look at it right here in, in verse number 10. Uh, you approve the things that are excellent. That's finding God's will. And then uh, the consistency we model in order to be sincere and blameless. Say those two words out. Uh, matter of fact, all the people in the balcony say the word sincere right now. Say it out loud, wouldn't you? Sincere. And all the people on the ground floor say the word blameless. Now let's say them together. Here we are. On the balcony, what's your word? Sincere. On the ground floor? Sincere. Those are our two words. That, that's our consistency. God is calling us to be sincere and blameless. Sincere and blameless. They're two wonderful words to look at. The word sincere, when you look at it in the Greek New Testament, it literally means to put before the sunshine. Florida has sunshine laws. <laughs> I didn't know what that was when I moved to Florida. I don't know. Texas, they don't have sunshine laws. Do everything in the dark in Texas. But I think they probably have them. I just never heard of it until I got here in the sunshine. Well, you, you said it, and, and the word sincere in Latin means without wax. It's the same thing. Rome had pottery everywhere, and if it got broken or cracked, they would take wax and put it in, and they would paint it over. What you do is you, you take it, you've done it with a dollar bill, you've done it with other things. Some of you have done it with other people's mail. <laughs> Hold it up to the light, and you say, what? What's what? You'd take that pot, and you'd hold it up, and if you could see the crack, it was not sincere. It had been broken and waxed over. Your life is not to be a life of hypocrisy. Singing the songs of the faith, giving money to the church, and then going out and living like a hellion. 
Your life is to be marked by sincerity. You are to be out there what you say you are in here. No different on Saturday night and Sunday morning than blameless. This is the word that means without offense. That is, don't lead others to sin. How long do you do that? It says you measure up until the day of Christ, until Jesus comes or he calls you home. Live in sincerity and blamelessness. That people would not be able to look at you and say, well, you know, he's just a hypocrite. Paul lived it. You got your Bible open there? Look at it. Very next verse, verse 12. He said, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. How is that? So verse 13 says that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. Paul's in jail. You read the last two verses of the book of Acts and you'll find that he was paying for his own jail cell. He paid rent for it. He was not in the deepest dungeon, but still he couldn't get out. And, and he was there in jail. And the Bible tells us that the gospel became known through the Praetorian. Who are the Praetorian? The Praetorian in Rome were 9,000 of the chief security officers of Nero. And the praetorian was in charge of Paul and others. And every eight hours, a new soldier would come. Hook up that wristband to the soldier to Paul. Or maybe it was a shackle by the leg and tied to him. But anyway, they were chained together. Can you imagine? Paul's in jail every eight hours. It's a new prospect. That dude comes walking in. How you doing today? I don't know. I, I meet you before. What you doing, Paul? Well, I was writing a letter to the church over in Ephesus. The Epaphras is going to take it to them. What's in that letter? Well, I'm writing right now on the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know anything about the Holy Spirit? Nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm an atheist. Paul said, I used to be like that. Then I was walking down the road one day, and the lights came on. He gave his testimony. He said, God literally raised me spiritually from the dead. He'd do the same for you. That man cursed him and went out. Eight hours later, another one came in. But the Bible says that the gospel became well known among the praetorian. How? Because Paul was sincere and blameless. What he preached, he lived, and what he lived, he preached. He had opportunity for the gospel. As long as this church is sincere and blameless and your life is that way, you'll find opportunity for the gospel. I got a letter this or a note this week from Mike down at our Warrington campus. Man, I love Mike Demick. Thank God for him, what he does. You know, he used to be the chaplain for the Wahoos, and they just said, no more. They got somebody, just and it really hurt our feelings because we had plowed five years of our life into that. And I told Mike, I said, man, God had a plan, didn't he? The Lord's opened up that base to Mike like no one else in this area. And, and he's been able, even through COVID, to be on that base. This week he had two young Navy officers, had them, and he, began, and he shared and, and led both of them to faith in Christ. Just this week. Oh, that's what he's there for. And his, his life is sincere. And, and I don't want to go on Let me make it clear. Mike Dimmick was not in jail. 
You, you can do this if you're not the praetorian. Amen. He wasn't hooked up to him. He hadn't broken the law. But God used him nonetheless, and he'd use you. If you let your bucket get full and Jesus overflow to the place that you are sincere and pleased. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May our, uh, we in love discern the consistency we model. People are watching us. People are watching you. Are you what you say? I had a guy call me, sent a text to me the other day. He was mean. I get mean stuff. He said, Preacher, I'm never coming back to church again. You left the parking lot last week, didn't even stop at your own stop sign. He said, Preacher, break the law, his own signs. I'm never coming back. They're watching. I know they're watching you. They're not watching you. Somebody's watching you. Be sincere. Be blameless. Your 11th grade student say, nobody's watching me. They know you're here. Let me tell you, you get ordained a deacon in, in a church, it, it's amazing. The whole world knows. All of a sudden, they just say, you're down at that church on the corner. They're watching sincere and blameless. There's a third thing. Got to see it very quickly. In love, not only do we discern the choices we make and the consistency we model, in love we discern the character we manifest. Look, look at this. Look, look right here. here. Here it is. Verse 11. Having been filled, that was back to the bucket, with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ. Now, everybody in this room is bearing fruit. Some of you bearing fruit that if we ate it, we'd, we'd be poisoned. Your fruit kill us. But he says here you're to have the fruit of righteousness. Oh, what a word this is. This word righteous can be translated three or four different ways. It can be translated equity. It can be uh, translated uh, righteous as we see. It can also be translated impartiality. Impartially, it can also be translated justice. Well, we live in a world where everybody wants social justice, social justice, social justice. I'm against social justice. I don't believe in social justice. I believe in Bible justice. Society hadn't got enough sense to be just. The Word of God does. This speaks of a judge that is right and holy. There's a judge like that coming. Revelation 19, 11, he describes himself where the revelator said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse new set on. It's called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. The way that Jesus judges is the way that people ought to judge from the bench today. And you ought to pray for judges that you know. And not only is that the way Jesus judges and the way bench judges ought to judge, I'm telling you, it's the way we ought to judge. In righteousness. With justice. Bible justice. Mm -hmm. I've never been before a judge except one time in my life. When I was a sophomore in high school, I was caught going faster than you're supposed to go. 
And, and I tried to pay my ticket, but I couldn't because I was going so fast you couldn't pay it. You had to go see a judge in order to settle the account. I asked my daddy, I said, would you go with me? He said, I wasn't with you when you're driving. I ain't going with you when you pay. Now, I'll never forget, I went to Huntsville, Alabama and walked in the courtroom. I sat there, waited a little while, and all of a sudden I heard these words, the state of Alabama versus Ted Trailer. Now, beloved, that's bad, bad odds right there, I'm, I'm just telling you. When you're against a whole state, it's usually not going to finish well. Sometimes maybe, but I'm telling you, I, 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 I was just limp to the front. <laughs> Mr. Trailer, how do you plead? I said, well, it was the guy in the back seat. It was, no. I, I took the deal. I paid the fine and the court costs because I was going faster than they wrote down. <laughs> so I took it. That judge judged me righteously. we must learn to have character that is manifested with the fruit of righteous justice. Yes, sir. No matter the social station of people in this town, we love them. Whether they are homeless and living next door to the church or living in the most expensive penthouse on Pensacola Beach, we are to love everybody in between those two with equity. Needs are different, yes. But you do it with justice. No matter their ethnic background, if they're American or Asian, you love them in Jesus' name. It matters not their skin color, red, yellow, black, white, Brown, I've told you this story before, but many of you are new. You never heard me share it. When I was a high school senior. I had a call from Northeast State Junior College. They asked me to come work out. I did, and I got a scholarship to play basketball for Bill Elder. Made the team. Became a starting point guard as a freshman. It's about the third game. I'll never forget it. Coach jumped up. Time out. We ran over to the bench. You know how you do. You got 90 seconds, and you're just, oh, I'm sucking air, and my, my lungs are on fire, and we're in a press situation, and, you know, and he's up in our face, and, and man, I'm just saying, if I could just get a drink of water, and, and so there's five of us, and you got a minute and a half, and down there at the end, Todd, he gets a drink, and then he passes Freddie. Freddie's next to me. Freddie, he's from Fancy Farm, Kentucky. Freddie's got an afro this big. You, you had to kind of get under it to even see the coach. I mean, he got, he got hair everywhere, and, and he's sweating like I'm sweating. My hair's down over my collar and long, nasty, red. And I look up at Freddie, and I say, man, that sweat's not helping that afro either. And it's kind of crooked, and... 
You take that water bottle. You know, now everybody gets a water bottle with your name on it. You know, you come running, you got to find your bottle. Not then. You had one bottle. It said Northeast. <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. He hand to you. And I never, Freddie, hand me that. He's 6'8", fancy farm, Kentucky, African-American, big Afro. And I took that bottle and I said, I never had had a drink after a black man before. I often say my thirst overcame my prejudice. I stuck that thing in there and squeezed. I got me a suck of water and I handed it down to David Kilcombe. God froze my life that day. And in 30 seconds, my whole ministry. See, I was a gospel preacher. I was already, I was preaching the gospel as a, as a freshman in college. My whole life, God froze and said, if your gospel is not good enough for Freddie, quit now. Mm. I never met Freddie before. I didn't know. God dealt with me about the fruits of right. I don't know how that game came out. I can't even tell you who we played. I don't know how many I scored. I can tell you I made every free throw I got. Because when I finished there, I led the whole team in free throw percentage still to the day. I'm, I had that record. They don't play anymore. They went out of business, but I... I don't remember much about that except God spoke to my soul. And the day Leo Day became minister of music here, it was Freddie's fault. Because the Holy Ghost through Freddie, a lost boy from Fancy Farm, Kentucky, God used him to teach me about the fruit of justice. I don't do that right every time. But I want to say this before I give an invitation. Olive Church, I am so proud of you. Way before I got here, but then we've stood on the shoulders of others You've opened your arms to people not like you. You've opened your arms to people wealthy that we had never had before. You've opened your arms to drug addicts. I was here Friday night, walked through the halls. Most excellent way. There was a lady came in, I, I don't know. She, she looked like she would had a little to drink that day. My redneck wanted to say, why don't you get out of here and get sober before you come back? But the fruit of righteousness says she's in the exact place she ought to be. She needs help. That ministry's that tough. People coming in wanting groceries. Man, there's, there's a couple living right here off the back side of our property. Not on our property. Somebody, they've been living there for weeks. Brad and I have been talking about 
We don't know how to love on them. We don't know how to do it. You know, what I want to do is call the law and get rid of them. But the, the righteous judge keeps saying, you know, you don't need to call the law. You need to call the grace. See if you can help. That's been who you are, church. You've said anybody wants to come. If they come in to love Jesus, they're welcome. Now, if you come in to make a scene or whatever, we'll deal with you. And if you come for the right reason and some people here tell you that you can't be here, then we'll take those people out here and deal with them. But we are to be people that the fruit of righteousness. So we've got too many people who's got plastic fruit. Do y'all have that at your house? Have that little basket that's got all them apples in there that never rot and never get a worm. They just, you know, ceramic or plastic. They look cool, don't they? But they don't ever juice. You, you don't get anything out of them. Man, I used to love sneak oranges out of the produce department. I always kept a knife in my pocket. I mean, I get that big navel orange, cut that out there. Stick the core back in there and throw it back up in there. <laughs> you say, you didn't do that. Well, I did that one time. My mama caught me. I just did it one time. <laughs> the righteous judge came. <laughs> she dealt with the inmate. <laughs> See, fruit is, is fresh. Plastic fruit is hypocrisy. There's no overflow to that. It looks good on Sunday morning, but it won't help you on Friday night. We, we need the fruit of righteousness. How do you get that? You put your bucket under the spigot where the glory of God's running out, and it just flows and flows and flows. You're not even the bucket. God's the bucket as well as the faucet. He made you, and he flows in you, and then he flows Blessed be the name of the Lord. God help us to discern good and evil. Amen. Maybe you're here and never been saved. Just get up and come on right here. Stand right here right now. You, you want to join this church? Just come stand right here. You can just get up and come right now. It'd be good. You can just come. Just come. These guys are going to play some music in a minute. But if you need to come, just come. If you, anybody come today to join the church? Are you ready? Just come right here. Anybody need to be saved today? Join the church. Amen. Come. That's good. Anybody else want to come? Just come. That's good. Just come. Be right here. Praise the Lord. Anybody else need to come? I married this couple 24 years ago. They've been off. And now they come back. Just saw them this morning. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. John, where are you? Yeah, come. Do, do you know these people? You take good care of them. God bless you. How you doing today? Man, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, come be
Thank you, Pastor, for that great word. I'm sure you and I agree that we needed to hear the voice of God today. And God really spoke. I just praise God for the series on prayer that Pastor is preaching through. It's really challenging my heart and I'm sure it's challenging you today. You know what? Sometimes we are lied to. The enemy says that we are so far away from God. Well, let me remind you that Jesus left heaven and came to earth to die for you and I. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believed in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That's right. Jesus took the biggest step from heaven to come die for us here on earth so that we could take that small step and meet Him. I know you are hurt today. You are lonely, going through various trials, or perhaps you are celebrating and rejoicing. Jesus is our answer in this life that we live. I'm asking you today, as the Word of God has challenged me, won't you come in a posture of prayer and respond to truth? That's God's Word, and it's calling us today to come closer to Him. Come closer in prayer, come closer in community, come closer to God's Word. I know it's tough times. It's like we need Jesus like never before. And I'm praying today, just as I'm going to lead you in prayer, I am taking my next step towards Jesus. I want to be even closer to Jesus than I was when I woke up this morning. And perhaps you are driving and you're listening to this uh, podcast somewhere, or you're at home with some friends, take your next step towards Jesus Christ. Maybe you want to join a church or join a community, be baptized, or accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Text the word Savior to 94,000. This is the great truth, that Jesus Christ came to make His Father our Father. So let's call to our Father today to help us to take this next step. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us in our weakness to reach out to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you that we have a Father and you have made Him known to us. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Text the word Savior to 94,000. I'm here to help you. Let's rejoice and make a joyful noise because Jesus is for us. You be blessed today.